Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of How's That The Cricket Podcast with me, Lily and Josh. Hello everybody. So this week we talked to Stair Callis, Birmingham Phoenix and Northern Diamonds player um, and also Dutch cricketer. So it was really good to talk to Stair because she's played so much cricket worldwide mm. and it was just brilliant to hear all the experience she's had and, and who she's learned from and what she's learned over the years. So it was amazing to hear from her. We've kind of talked about how pathways here are, are in Australia and England. This was something else. Mm-hmm. Just to hear how things are in Netherlands and, um, yeah, how things could be better. But no, have a listen, guys. Yeah, so we will just jump straight into our interview with Stair Callis. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. We'll just start off by um, if you could talk us through where you are at the moment and what you've been up to recently. Um, Yeah, I'm in the UK at the moment, Um, like being around the girls for pre-season and training with the Diamonds. Um, Back in November, we had a World Cup qualifier with the Dutch team in Zimbabwe. Um, And we played a couple of games there against Bangladesh, Sri Lanka and Ireland. And then in the middle of the tournament, uh, this new Omicron, Omicron variant came out. Uh, so we all had to go well back home, um, which was a bit unfortunate. Uh, then I spent Christmas at home with my family. And then I came to the Diamonds in January. And from that moment, I was yeah fully focused on cricket and yeah, ready to go now. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. The season's coming around quite quick, isn't it? Like Australian cricket's over and now it's time to start focusing in on um, the UK cricket. Um, Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. So long pre-season. So um, yeah, no, it will be really good to to start off uh, with the games now. Yeah. And and you said there about um, the qualifiers. So that must have been, I know, so, so unfortunate, isn't it? Because you would have thought that this would have been like an opportunity for the Netherlands to be able to go into the to the World Cup and for it to just kind of be put aside because of COVID must have been really disappointing for the team. Yeah, definitely. And it was it was chaos as well because we had to go back, but there were like no flights, all airports shut down. And in the end, we had to get like a private uh, jet back to, uh, yeah, I don't know. We, we It took us like 40, 44 hours to get back home. Yeah. Um, yeah, so everyone was quite happy to be to be at home, but also, yeah, really unfortunate that the the qualifiers got cancelled in the end. Yeah, it is, well, it is disappointing, but at least you were able to get home eventually. That I guess that's better than being stuck over. Yeah, definitely, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, hundred <laughs> percent. So, can we just go back right to the very beginning of um, your cricket story, and can you tell us a little bit about how you first got into cricket? Yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah, when I started playing cricket, I was about well five years old. Um, my parents were divorced, so for example, if my mum brought my brother to cricket, he played cricket as well. Uh, I always had to come. Um, so yeah, when I was there and my brother was playing, I started to like throw some balls on the sidelines and practicing my swing. And yeah, I really liked it. And since since then. I've been, yeah, I've been playing at my club back home. Um, I always played hockey as well, field hockey. Um, so I used to combine both of them sports. 
and then when I was 17, 18, I couldn't combine it anymore. So um, yeah, I chose to play cricket. Yeah, that's it's so interesting because we've chatted to you know quite a few people now, and virtually every single one of them has played hockey as well. Um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Made the choice to choose cricket, so you know it's what we like to hear. We do like to hear that. But um, so who who were your cricket idols growing up? Uh, well, when I was younger, we used to have a house in South Africa, uh, so we went there like three, three, four times a year. I watched a lot of cricket there, watched South African uh, play at Newlands and stuff like that, watched the Cape Cobras. Uh, and obviously there was Jacques Callis playing. Uh, and besides we're sharing nearly the same surname, uh, <laughs> I always <laughs> I always found that he was, yeah, one of the best arounders in the world. Um, yeah, so I always been, yeah, I always looked up to him and I think he was my inspirational growing up amazing yeah so like you said before you nationally play for the Netherlands so it, I guess it's not it's probably not known anywhere else in the world for being like a cricket nation so what is the setup like and what is the the female cricket pathway over there yeah as you said like uh, cricket in Holland is not a very known name um, as in especially for the women's side um, it's not really on the TV as well, so it doesn't get much exposure at all. Um, yeah, so it's really different. Uh, the competition is very small. Um, we got, yeah, we just don't have many girls playing the sport. So hopefully in the future, uh, many girls can pick up the, the sport and yeah, get into the game. Uh, we do have some pathways uh, for the youth. Uh, but it's not as serious as the pathways here. They don't really train a lot. They don't play games at all. Um, so, yeah, it's really different uh, than here. <laughs> Do they have to compete a lot with, say, field hockey and um, football as well over in the Netherlands? Yeah, definitely. Like, when you're, when you're younger, you can, com yeah, you can combine it. Cricket is a summer sport. Hockey and football is like a winter sport. Uh, so you can combine it. But then if... Yeah, if you play one of the sports on a higher level, obviously you need to train more and you need to play games at the weekend. And when it's the end of the summer starting into the winter, then it will, yeah, will be on the same times, really. Um, but as you said, it's not, at much, not much exposure. Like it's, we don't really go to schools to give clinics to, to get it a bit, yeah, known more. Mm. Um, so I think... Yeah, that needs to change if you want to get more people involved in the game. Yeah, going to schools with clinics would definitely help that. And hopefully they put um, the women's game on TV in the future. That would be good if they can get it on the TV down there. Yeah, definitely. And if you if you look at me, like I've always been combining both sports, so it is possible. Uh, then obviously when I went overseas to Australia, uh, I was there at the winter time, so I couldn't play hockey um but no yeah you can easily combine both both sports well, yeah that's what similar similar to what we got over here we've got Aussie rules football that's played in the yeah. winter so yeah no it's definitely doable um to do dual sports I mean you see Elise Perry played soccer but then she chose cricket um but yeah hopefully the pathway gets better there and can get more exposure that would be good yeah definitely yeah and I mean like you said it really kind of must make it a bit even a bit more disappointing in the fact that you could have qualified for the world cup and then that would have been on tv so that's that that extra little thing of 
you know, your team could have been on the TV and, and people here could have seen your team on the TV. Was that maybe even a bit more disappointing that it could have had that exposure if... COVID- yeah, no, definitely. Yes. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So can you talk to us a little bit about your international debut and what game it was um, and what you remember from that game? <laughs> uh, yeah, um, so we had a tournament in rugby um, and I was about 14 years old. We had an ICC World Cup qualifier there and it was, I think, my second tour with the, with the Dutch team. Um, and by that time, I, I betted at number eight and I was a bowler as well. Uh, I actually got an international wicket that day too. Um, but um, yeah, no, I started betting at number eight and I had three games. Um, I had a not out score. Uh, so they asked me if I want to open the betting, which came a bit surprisingly for me and I was a bit nervous as well. Um, but then I opened the betting and I, that game I scored like 58 or something. Uh, and I've been opening the betting for the Dutch team since. So, um, yeah, really cool. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So you also play for the Diamonds um, in the UK. So yeah. what are kind of the comparisons between the two countries and, and what sort of things have you learned from England that you can kind of take back over um, to your Dutch teammates? Well, cricket in well, as I said, England and Holland is hard to compare. Uh, the difference are, in my opinion, really big. Um, where in Holland, we don't have yeah, many grass pitches to train on. We don't have good coaching facilities. Uh, where in England, the setup and everything around it is way more developed. Um, yeah, domestic structure in England is is yeah all better organized in my opinion the coaches are are really good um and i love playing cricket in england and hopefully i can do that for many more years um but of course every time i come back to see my dutch teammates i take my uh, experience from abroad and in tournaments i take that back into the team and try to yeah to get the girls um yeah to give the experience back to the girls and yeah i really like to inspire uh, Dutch girls as well to pick up cricket because I'm yeah in my opinion I think uh, if you really yeah train hard and create opportunities um, yeah you can you can play cricket overseas and yeah it's me make it your living so yeah that and that must be really helpful and inspiring for the other girls who can have you to kind of rely on to bring back all these um, experiences and the technical kind of side of it as well that must be really valuable for those girls to to learn off you yeah hopefully I'm, I'm trying to do my best um but yeah no every every tournament um when we sit down in meetings I share my experience and try to to make every every player in the team a better player that's amazing yeah so what is the next step for Dutch cricket what do you think aside from you know it being televised maybe a bit more of a sport what do you think is the the next step that needs to be taken to make it more of a sport and and known worldwide Uh, I think money is a really big issue as well Uh, if you look at other teams around us every team get professional contracts professional coaching structure and stuff like that Um, it's a bit of the chicken and egg isn't it like if you if you want to become a better team and compete at tournaments, you need to invest. 
-hmm. uh, but then people say we don't invest until you get to them tournaments yeah. uh, so that's a little bit hard but at the moment I think uh, loads of people in my team quit cricket because they need to work or they don't have the time off because uh, for example if we're away for an ICC qualifier for a month uh, people who do work need to take off work and to take 30 days of work is yeah it's quite a lot especially if yeah if you're losing money at one stage to to get time of work and don't get it back basically when you're on tour people quit uh, which is quite unfortunate because yeah some players are really good and then they kind of have to have to stop playing uh, so I think that will definitely be a next step going forward as well unfortunately we don't have uh, I see tournaments this year because we didn't qualify uh, but hopefully next year when there's another one uh, yeah we can compete with the other teams yeah it was uh, like you said yeah and I think another one is it was good to see like the Netherlands and well <laughs> What are they called now? The Netherlands or is it Holland? <laughs> I got that question so often. Um, but now it's like if I say I'll I'll say like I'm from Holland, um, but like really formal uh, on like tournaments and stuff like that. It will say the Netherlands. Okay, yeah, because um, I remember it was we got exposure over here to the Netherlands cricket team, like because uh, uh, we're in South Australia and um, two of our players, are, um, Tom Cooper, yeah, played yeah. for. Yep, the um the Netherlands men's team, um, and yeah. another Australian, Dirk Nanners, played as yeah. well. So that was really good to see them, and I've seen Tom talk about his experience there. So hopefully, that's good exposure too. Like you have players from the men's team talking about cricket in the Netherlands, and hopefully, yeah, you can get people invested in it. Yeah, we we've got some girls going overseas every year to play a season in Australia or something like that to to get more experience there and come back with that experience too. Uh, but just not enough, I think. And yeah, to, to, to keep competing with the other girls who, who do get contracts now, I think it's really important. We need to pro, yeah, get more professional as well to, to keep up with them. Yeah. 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 And I think it's, it just, it does show in like the level of, of cricket that we do see on TV at the moment where, Australia women's team have just announced their professional contracts and it's so many of them and and England have a lot of their contracted girls as well and like you said it's that really does and in order for it to be taken more seriously it needs to have yeah. that level of professionalism um yeah and also to just so you can focus 100% on your cricket game I think um and also like for us we need to play I think more games on a high standard of level um i think you you get better a lot if you play uh yeah a lot of games on yeah against good um yeah against good teams um so i think that's also something uh we have to consider going forward uh to play more series and it's it's unfortunate because some yeah loads of series and stuff are based on ranking uh and yeah, so we don't really get invited for them series. Uh, but I think it's a really good thing to to play more games against good teams. Um, yeah, to get a better side. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I mean, there was just a New Zealand first Netherlands men's series that just happened. So it's even just stuff like that. Like, I don't think they won a game, but it, that experience versus New Zealand probably helped them a lot. So it just, it really needs to, even if it's just, you know, your team versus Australia and England, you know, it, you, who knows? It's that experience that you really need. And the men seem to be getting it, but um, 100%, yeah. sorry, you guys, but Hopefully we can um, see more of that cricket in the future. More Netherlands cricket. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So you spoke about playing for Diamonds. How did that kind of come about? Did you just go over to England um, hoping that you could get more experience playing domestic cricket? Or or how did you start playing over there? Um, In back in, yeah, 2017-16, I played for Essex as well. uh, Essex County. Um, and after that, I've been playing a lot of IC tournaments. And when we played in Scotland, uh, James Carr is the director of, of our team. Um, so he was so on a tournament, everyone, every team gets like a local person. Um, that person shows you where the grounds are, organize like bottles of water, like a kind of team manager uh, and stuff like that. Uh, and he said to me, oh, you definitely need to be playing in England. Um, so that's basically how I got um, got back to the Diamonds. Uh, I was away in Australia for three years and COVID basically brought me back to Europe. Um, and yeah, I really want to to keep playing cricket and yeah, following my dream to become a professional player. And I thought uh, this was a very good opportunity for me um yeah to play yeah to play my game so yeah that's great to hear. and and you mentioned there that you played down in Australia so can you talk to us a little bit about how that came about as well and and who you were there yeah 100% um I finished school when I was uh 18 years old and all I wanted to do was play cricket and um so I went to Australia um went to Tasmania in my first season um I trained a lot with the with the state squad there as well. Julia Price was the head coach of them. Yep. Um, that was really good. Uh, I got to train and play, yeah, with some really good players. Um, yeah, which was really good for my development. Um, and then the end of the season, um, I got basic. I was going to travel New Zealand for a while, and then I got a phone call from the coach of the uh, Queensland Fire, like the state team in, in Queensland, like in Brisbane, mm-hmm. um, that they were interested in offering me contract for the season after. Um, and if I was able to come over for some training sessions. Uh, so they booked my flights and I went over there for a couple of days to train and to have a look around there and stuff like that. And then they said, oh, well, here you will hear something in about a month. Uh, and I was like, okay, well, I'm traveling New Zealand anyway, and I'll see. Uh, and then before I even left for New Zealand, they rung me back that they want to offer me a contract. And yeah, I was, I was of course, really happy. And I said, I said yes. And yeah, next season I played, yeah, state cricket in, in Australia, uh, in Brisbane. And then the year after that, I played in Melbourne uh for the full season as well um and then COVID came unfortunately and then yeah got back to Europe and since then I've been playing in England you've really um gone to lots of different places haven't you and you've been able to try and get lots of different experience from all different teams 
which is yeah i'm very lucky to to travel around and play in different team different environments uh, different coaching stuff uh yeah which definitely helped me um helped me in my career yeah do you think um we'll see you back down under playing state a bit well, I'd love to um, if the opportunity is there, and yeah, I'll definitely, I definitely go back. We'll yeah. contact um, SA School well, would, there and see if we, yeah. <laughs> if we can organize something there. Um, Scorpion, Scorpion's really great. If you get a chance, <laughs> down South Australia, it's fantastic. We recommend. We recommend. <laughs> um, so you played for the Diamonds in the Rachel Hayhoe Flint Trophy and the Charlotte Edwards Cup. It was an unfortunate result for the Diamonds, um, but it's I guess it's a big learning experience. So what have you taken from those games um, and what are you going to take into this this season's? Yeah, uh, as a team, we highlighted the areas we really need to get better at. Um, of course, this year, we've got a lot of more professional uh, cricketers in our team. We've got eight contracts this year, which all gives us, gives us the opportunity to to train a full winter, to fully focus on cricket. Um, yeah, so hopefully uh, we can lift the trophy this year and win some silverware for the team. Yeah, we'll be we'll be backing you. We'll be um watching watching that over here and <laughs> definitely keep an eye on that a lot more this season. Yeah, yeah. Um, do, Lily, Lily, you probably wanna do we get much coverage over here with that? Like, is there? I don't think so. I don't think we can actually mm -hmm. watch it because I know that. In the UK, you can't watch much like um, WBBL because you like pay for it and stuff like that. So I'm not entirely sure, okay. yeah. but we have to figure you out. Get to the illegal sides to, yeah. to get the live streams. <laughs> yeah, uh, just watch them. I'm sure we'll, we can. I'm sure we can find something. Um, if not, at we least we're still, at least we still. Like, we're in the final. Yes, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so also last year you were in the Northern Superchargers squad. Yeah. And we'll talk about the bit of the change up from this year, but um, from last year, what what was that experience like being part of a, a hundred tournament for the first time? Yeah, it was absolutely amazing. Of course, a new tournament, and um, yeah, no, the just the atmosphere, the the experience playing with like big players, sharing the dressing room with them, being at training with them. Of course, for me and well, everyone around me was was really good. Uh, to play in yeah in really big stadiums on really good yeah pitches in front of crowds and stuff no it was absolutely amazing and it's good to see how women's cricket is progressing uh, and potentially could be in the next five years yeah it's the hundred is one of those things where like we've obviously had the WBBL over here for quite some time and I don't think we've ever had a crowd like the hundred crowds, which is just so it's so surprising because it's it's had its first season over there and this has been going for seven years and it's we're shocked by the the difference in um but I guess that does come with the grounds you're playing at as well because yeah. you're playing at the big grounds um and, and the, the double headers was yeah. also a really good yeah. thing in my opinion as well. Yeah and that's what used to happen over here but then they stopped it and I did think that maybe affected um the crowds a little bit but yeah, maybe we can learn a thing or two from England cricket now. Um, <laughs> but who was your favourite player to play with um, in the Supercharged team? Who was your favourite teammate? Um, well, I learned a lot from all the players in the Supercharged. <laughs> my my favourite was Laura Harris. Um, I played already played with her in the Queensland Fire team uh, when I was over in Brisbane. 
Um, yeah, it was so good to be around her. She was a good mentor. I had some yeah lovely, lovely and fun moments with her, and yeah, I learned a lot from her cricket wise, but also personal wise. So um, yeah, I would definitely say Laura Harris, and hopefully in the future we can we can play together again. We we actually did just talk. We talked about that in a previous episode. Uh, Lord, she um she was on uh, as a replacement player in the hundred, and we we actually said hopefully we can see her play because like she's a fantastic player in her own right, mm. and definitely, oh, definitely definitely in the same team as her sister Grace as well. That they're just two funny people, so that would have been very good. Yeah, yeah, she's so fun to be around, and no, I can learn a lot from her and. Yeah. Hopefully we see her over in the 100 in the future. That would be fantastic. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. So on that note, on Tuesday, there was the 100 announcements and the signings and the drafts. And I, it was started about 10 o'clock at night and I stayed up till about half one in the morning, just refreshing my uh-huh. Twitter, just seeing who's been signed. And you have signed with Birmingham Phoenix, which is super exciting to see. So how do you feel about all that? Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to be part of the, the Phoenix this year uh, with national and international stars in the team. I can't wait to to join the team and yeah, get on the field with them and share the, the same dressing room with them uh, and learn a lot from all the players and coaching stuff. I think a new environment and stuff is really, um, yeah, really exciting. And uh, playing in Orange is something I do with the Dutch team as well. So it suits me, I guess. Um, but no, definitely, like, I can't wait to, to join with them this summer. Um, yeah, really looking forward to it. Who is one of the players in the current uh, squad that just got announced? Who are you looking forward to playing with? Um, well, I'm really looking forward to play with Sophie Devine uh, in the Fairbreak tournament coming up next month. Uh, she's in my team as well. Uh, so it will be good to, uh, to, to wear the same shirts again this summer. Uh, but no, as I said, everyone in the team, uh, I look forward to play with them. I can, yeah, definitely learn a lot from all, all the players and yeah, really exciting opportunity. Yeah, it's I, like I said before, I'm so excited to, um, uh, to watch it. And I'm also obviously from South Australia, I live here, but um, I'm planning on going over towards the end of August um, by myself to go and watch um, a couple of hundred games. So I'm trying to get down. Oh, that was so good. Yeah, we play on my birthday. We play at Lords, so uh, I'll get you tickets oh, nice. for that. <laughs> um, I think we were hoping that we can go down to um, Originals vs Phoenix game at the doubleheader at um, Edgbaston. So might see you down there if I if I can get there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm too yeah, we'll poor. I'm too poor to go over there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, look, it should be super exciting, but. Um, so, so aside from the people, what is one thing in particular that you're looking forward to um, just about the whole tournament in general for this, this upcoming season? I think the whole atmosphere and like the crowds again, as I said, a lot of young, young cricket fans around and just to in, inspire them to, to play cricket. And yeah, I think also the amazing stadiums we get to play at, the amazing like pitches, grounds, yeah, everything really. <laughs> yeah, it, it it does seem like just so much fun and <laughs> it's really, yeah. really exciting. And it's um, also different this year. Like last year, of course, there, were, there was COVID and stuff. So we had really strict restrictions and 
and like we couldn't sit in restaurants we always had to like take out stuff and we couldn't be around for example in hotels we had to have breakfast and dinner uh, not together with all the other hotel guests because of covid um, so just a normal well normal cricket season uh, is also something i really look forward to yeah i guess like now that covid's been around for a while hopefully they should be able to uh, they're yeah. a bit more familiar with it and hopefully they can put some uh, things in place that they're a bit prepared for yeah. so that would be good as well yeah yeah, yeah. definitely now i did notice that I, I i don't know about other teams but for the superchargers quite a few people did get affected by covid and couldn't play so so were you affected by that at all uh not during the hundred uh luckily um no i got so when we got back from uh zimbabwe in november uh i had covid like four days after we got back <laughs> yeah. um luckily i wasn't ill from it i didn't really have symptoms i just had a running nose and that was it mm. um so luckily um but um no not during the hundred because yeah there were some there were some girls from the team and the men's team of course uh affected by covid um but luckily for me it was yeah not, not during the not tournament well there you go and that's and that's obviously for the best because you got to experience the the tournament to its fullest and it's not getting yeah. yeah um yeah, it's a bit out of control like of course there were restrictions and stuff but yeah it's still around you can still get it so yeah luckily for me um i didn't get it during the tournament yeah and and what do you think it's going to happen so you mentioned before about this year it might be in a bit more relaxed but um i did notice that fans had to kind of stand at a bit of a distance and there wasn't really much like yeah. signing stuff so is that something that is looking a bit more better this year yeah 100 percent. yeah if someone hit the ball on the crowd it had to like the ball you had to kick it back to the umpire to get it like it. yeah <laughs> yeah exactly and they had to with al alcohol wipes they need to wipe the ball and stuff and you couldn't really mingle with the fans and which was a bit unfortunate but yeah it is what it was and yeah hopefully this year we can um yeah we can get closer to the fans and the crowds yeah yeah that, that would be good wouldn't it um yeah and, and you mentioned uh before about playing with um sophie divine and then you mentioned the fair break um tournament so can you explain yeah. to us um to you know the, the people who might not know who would be tuning in about what that is and and how you're involved yeah definitely um yeah i've been fair breaker really since the very beginning uh sean martin he's the founder of fair break uh yeah he has been absolutely amazing throughout my career um yeah he arranged a lot of training game opportunities for me around the world um he gave me the opportunity to be around uh, really good coaches and players to learn from uh he gave me exposure and helped me like in yeah a lot of different ways uh that's been really career changing for me um so yeah i really appreciate everything he done uh for me so far uh, basically, Fairbreak stands for equal chances and opportunities uh, for all cricket players. Uh, and I'm really, yeah, as I said, I'm really proud um, that I'm an ambassador for the Fairbreak. Uh, and the first Fairbreak tournament uh, in in this, well, in May, it was, it originally it was in Dubai, 
because of COVID, you had to quarantine for three weeks in a hotel. Uh, so they moved the tournament to Dubai. Uh, and I'm yeah really looking forward to be part of the tournament. And yeah, I will represent Fairbrook with pride on that tournament. So yeah. can't wait, uh, can't wait to go out there. Yeah, it, that sounds super exciting again, doesn't it? Because you get to play with, I think it's it's a good mixture of nations that aren't known for cricket, like, for example, like Hong Kong and, and Vanuatu and all those kind of countries. Yeah. And to mix with people like Sophie Devine and Stefani Taylor, um, I think that's a, a really positive, positive thing. So um, hopefully that's a, a big step in in the right direction. Yeah, it's cricket. an excellent look forward for, uh, for a lot of countries. Mm. Um, yeah, so it'll be really exciting to be part of, and uh, all the games will be will be live streamed, so um, we can watch. Yeah, hopefully everyone, <laughs> everyone can watch the games. <laughs> yeah, well, that's you know what that within itself that's a much bigger step that it's live streamed and it's not like on yeah. you know paid television. Um, so that should be a really yeah. um really positive step, I think, and very excited to see what happens there. Yeah, definitely. So you're also part of the WBBL Associate Rookie Squad um, in 2017 for the Thunder, which yeah. we saw that it gave opportunities to train with the team and, and be within that kind of elite um, athlete environment. So so was that a worthwhile um, opportunity for you? And, and did you enjoy your time with the Thunder? Yeah, 100%. Uh, for me, it was the first time being part of a professional setup. Um, so, yeah, it was was amazing really the standards were really high uh the facilities were really good uh the coaches and 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 players uh, were very helpful in developing my cricket uh so i absolutely love being around um the sydney funders and learn from the likes as alex blackwell um yeah all the indian like harman precure um all the other girls uh involved in the team uh which for me was was really good to learn from uh, and I took all that experience. So the year after, uh, yeah, yeah, the year after I played for for the Queensland Fire setup. Uh, so I took all that experience in in my second year, and yeah, definitely, um, yeah, it was definitely a cool experience. It's great. So we had Catherine Bryce, I think, from for the Strikers for yeah. Scotland. So I think that's we've still got um, memories of her traveling over. So I think that is a very good little opportunity there that that teams are given. And I don't believe it's happened since. So I think it it's definitely should happen again. But it's it's good to hear that that kind of stuff was worthwhile for you. Yeah, hundred percent. I did some clinic coaching with Catherine, and I've also done some clinic with uh, Selena. Um, for Vanuatu so it is very great to see those girls get a chance because they're very good cricketers and I think that's what great about fair break and what yeah the, um, exactly and what um what the WBBL did so that was fantastic to see Catherine get a shot um and hopefully someone like Selena um can come over and do that with the WBBL if they do it again but yeah no it's fantastic that they're getting that chance yeah and it's all about like getting the opportunities and and getting exposure and stuff like that so and that's where Fairrex stands for and yeah I'm I'm really lucky to be to be part of the the Fairbreak setup as well yeah oh, and who is one person uh, maybe within that that your team or, or the, the setup, I guess, that, that we should look out for? Who would you say is the, the one person? Um, I think um, from the associate 
um, nations. I think Mariko Hill is someone you can watch out for. Uh, she's been around our Diamond Squad the last three weeks as well. Um, so definitely, um, yeah, she's something to to look out for. Amazing. We'll make sure um, we'll, we'll keep, <laughs> keep a watch out there. Um, so cricket-wise, what part of 2022 are you most looking forward to? What's going to be your favourite moment, do you reckon? Uh, probably lifting the trophy with my Diamonds teammates. <laughs> Good answer. Um, yeah. Of course, all the other tournaments around. It's going to be a busy summer, and yeah, I can't wait to get going. Yeah, yeah, super. Should be yeah, very exciting. Lots of cricket, yeah, there, isn't there? <laughs> going to be very. Yeah, busy. <laughs> what would you say is your cricket highlight? Your your favorite favorite cricket moment ever? Um, in I think in two thousand and nineteen, uh, we played the ICC Women's World Cup qualifiers in Spain. Uh, and I had a, a world record for making the most uh, T20i runs uh, by a female cricketer. Uh, I equaled the score of uh, 133 not out with Meg Lenning. Um, so for me, that's, yeah, that's probably my career highlight so far. Yeah. Well, yeah what, what, was it, what was it like in Spain? Um, yeah, the facilities in Spain are, are really good. Um, so we got to play at Desert, Desert Spring first. Uh, that was our prep tour, really. And then the tournament was in La Manga. Uh, it was a European qualifier um, with Scotland, Germany and us. And only one was going through. Uh, and that game, I scored the runs. Uh, that was the winning game for us to go through and won, won the tournament. Uh, so we qualified for the tournament in Zimbabwe. We only just played like in November. Uh, mm -hmm. It was scheduled the year before, but because of COVID, it it got postponed to November. Um, but no, playing in La Manga is actually like really nice. And I think a lot of European qualifiers are host there because, um, yeah, of the good weather and, and the pitches there. So, um, no, it was really nice to be um, to be there. That's fantastic. That's interesting, isn't it? Because you wouldn't you wouldn't think that Spain would have good cricket facilities. No, Spain's not a Spain's not a cricket well known place. So that's interesting. That is, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess it's it's somewhere um, like weather wise. You yeah, you can always play, um, yeah, during like the summer months and stuff. So we get rain delays. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's why they host, host those tournaments there. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That does make sense. Um, beautiful so, part, beautiful part of the world too. Yeah, hundred percent. There's a lot. There's a lovely golf course as well. Uh, as well next to it. What um, is it? Cricketers and golf. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, I think golf actually. I um, I love playing golf. Hopefully next time we play there, I can actually go on the golf course next to it and experience some golf there too. Yeah, well, Alicia then... Healy Mitchell Stark. Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> Um, so where is your favorite place that you've traveled to then with cricket? Uh, we've been to Bangkok in 2015. Uh, we had a tournament there, so we had we went to Sri Lanka first, then to Bangkok. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, which was which was amazing. I I really liked Bangkok and to be there with your teammates and. And yeah, of course you can all the tour you can all you can do all the touristy stuff as well. Um, so that was really really cool. 
And um, well, Zimbabwe was really nice as well. Of course, it was COVID. Uh, but before the tournament, we were there like a week and a half before we got to go to a safari place and experience that kind of, of stuff, which was also really nice. So, yeah, I'm lucky to, to travel the world with cricket and hopefully there yeah, many more opportunities like that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That sounds brilliant. Yeah. And it's also good to learn from like different cultures and and stuff overseas. So, yeah, that makes it that makes it good as well. And you said before about um, having Julia Price as your coach. Does that give you um, a bit of an insight on how the USA cricket team play? Because um, she is the, <laughs> the coach over there. So you might yeah, know. Yeah, she things. made a move to USA cricket. And um, yeah, I think she, she really likes her job there. Um, but she doesn't give me all the insights from the <laughs> USA cricket. <laughs> um, but no, really good, um, good step into her uh, Yeah next step into her career and hopefully she enjoys it there and um, what is your favorite ground that you've ever played at uh well we played at Lords last year which was uh, which was really cool and and this year I got to play at Lords again on my birthday which is which is really exciting um but that was a that was a really good ground uh with Fairbreak a couple of years ago uh we played at Bretman Bretman Oval um which was an historical ground uh, that was really, really cool as well. Uh, so I've played on on some yeah be- beautiful grounds and yeah, that's definitely uh, something changed. Yeah, changing in my career. Yeah, it's amazing. It's, and you said it so casually. You're just like, yeah, Lords is been my favorite place <laughs> to play. <laughs> that must be um pretty incredible to walk out onto um onto onto the pitch there. Yeah, Lords is really cool. We got to to train there the day before as well. Um, so just yeah, be at that ground is yeah, is amazing. Yeah, yeah, wow. So we like to finish off um our episodes with this or that questions. Um so we have got a couple of we've got this or that, but we also have got a couple of um other little fun questions beforehand. All right. So the first question is which teammate would you take around the world with you on holiday? um probably best heat um she's in my team at the moment uh we just found a house together as well um so we'll be good to uh to travel the world together too is she um sitting behind the camera making you say that one no no <laughs> hey please mention me in this podcast so um there you, you go, go. <laughs> Brilliant. um if you were stranded on a desert island what three things would you want to have with you and who would you want to be stranded with? Oh, probably, what would I say? Probably my earphones. Yep. <laughs> Take them everywhere. Um, uh, what else? It's Ooh. a good question. It makes you think. <laughs> yeah, it's a really good question. What would I bring? Um, probably my sport leggings. Yep, important. Yes, and sushi. There you go. Oh, <laughs> nice. All right. Good answer. Good yeah. answer. That is a good answer. Yep, you want food? What food would you take? Yep, good sushi. Yeah, definitely. Um, sushi, my favorite. Yeah, what kind of sushi do you go for? A bit of everything, really. I love like salmon and 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 all the fish in there, and yeah, no, definitely, I love love it all. <laughs> Yeah, okay. uh, that's good. 
Um, all right, so we'll go into the this or that question. So I think we've got six. Just give us your preference. Um, so this or that is 2020 or test cricket? Uh, 2020. 2020. Headingley or Edge Baston? Ooh, then I have to go with Headingley. Headingley, all right. Lily, Lily you did thought you did think you go Edge Baston. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I haven't. I, I flipped once at Edgbaston. Um, no, but Headingley is my home crowd with the diamonds, and I I love to play there. So um, yeah, I'll definitely say Headingley. Yeah. You can't go wrong with that question in England because every ground is beautiful, has its own yeah. character. So yeah, hundred percent. Like can't go wrong. I will look forward to play uh, at Edgbaston though. Um, but yeah. for now, I'll say uh, I'll say Headingley. <laughs> We'll check back in next year and you might have changed. All right. Uh, TV shows or movies? Uh, TV shows. TV shows. TV shows is the popular one. Yeah. Um, horror or comedy? Uh, comedy. I watched a horror movie the other night. I love a and horror I flick. I, I watched one with Bess, actually, and I, I couldn't sleep for about three days. So. <laughs> I definitely say uh, I definitely say comedy. Yeah. What, what, what was the movie? Yeah. It was her. So it's about an, a deaf girl, so she can't hear anything. Yeah, no, I have seen that. Has she? Yeah, yeah. Tries to break into her house and 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 murder her and yeah, yeah, it's so scary. No, yeah. I, I need to watch that. That sounds good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I need good. to watch it with someone else because on your own is so scary. <laughs> Yeah, that that is um, scary. That one, I do, I do agree. Yeah, right. well, I watched it the third time, and it was still so scary. <laughs> um, so pineapple on a pizza, yes or no? No. Ooh. <sighs> Controversial Ooh. that one. I think that's the, <laughs> I think that's one one. Yeah, one, one now. That's no. Yeah. <laughs> you just, um, what's what? What is your go-to pizza topping? Uh, probably pepperoni. Okay. Classic. I mean, does pineapple yeah. work with pepperoni? Not too sure. I don't know. Not really, no. More I never gave pepperoni a go. I never gave pepperoni a go. I'm vegetarian, so oh, I... Oh, you should. I don't, I don't have any. <laughs> um, Instagram or Twitter? Instagram, definitely. Yeah. Um, so this is a little controversial one. Uh, it's already 1-1 one, one between me and Lily. So chocolate in the pantry or fridge? Oh, not in the fridge, I think, because I think it will be too hard and then you can't really, like, you can't really, like, eat it that well, so. I mean, yeah, it gets, yeah. it gets tough. Can't you just, like, let it sit? You take it out the fridge and you just let it sit for, like, a sit for a bit and then it melts a little bit? Yeah, but then why would you put it in the fridge then? That's a good point. Ooh. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> I love it. You just, Lily said, when I first asked that question, I'm just like, chocolate in the pantry or fridge? She's like, fridge? Who would put it in the pantry? And so I think you just. <laughs> Very good point, actually. That's that is great. a great point. That's made me rethink everything. Um... <laughs> My life choices. What have I done? I just walk out after and just take all the chocolate out and just put it. <laughs> yeah, wow, that's a. Yeah, interesting that one. <laughs> I think well, I think we'll definitely keep the chocolate in the pantry or fridge. That's a good one. That's an interesting one. Yeah. Um, um, that's it. That's it for me. All right. Yeah. Well, that's our questions done. 
you've you've been amazing. We've really enjoyed chatting to you. Good luck with um all your cricket. We'll obviously be keeping up um up to date. We'll keep it on. Thank you very much. Thank you much. so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Well, I loved that interview, actually. It was um, very insightful about what the future of cricket is in the Netherlands, which she talked about needs more coverage. Yeah, needs more coverage. And it really made me feel quite sad because it's it's such a... It's like all they want to do is play and play the sport they love. And to hear that they can't because they've got no money, no funding, no coverage, it's really quite sad. So I'm really, really hoping that they start getting money uh, put towards their cricket and I really hope that they can become professional cricketers and we see the Netherlands on the the big stage it would be amazing to see because it was yeah it was quite disappointing to hear how little of cricket they get to play. Yeah it was very disappointing and of course they're dominated by soccer and field hockey over there but um, it it is sad to hear that they don't even get like um coverage of uh women's cricket in general no um, yeah hopefully hopefully one day that can change mm-hmm. and yeah we uh we get to see more of the netherlands dutch um women's team in and it, like stair said they need to qualify so hopefully fingers crossed that they can qualify and take that step further yeah and look it was the the plus side to, to it was the fact that she and others have had experiences worldwide. So her being able to really play in England and play domestic cricket and being contracted over there is is such a good step, really, for the, the amount of cricket that they don't have in the Netherlands. So, yeah, look, let's see what happens with um, Dutch cricket. But it'd be, like we said, so exciting to see a lot more. And, and like she said before, it'd be good to play just little games against other countries like the men yes. get to do against New Zealand. Um, that would be such a such a positive thing. And, yeah, fingers crossed that we can see more Dutch cricket. Yes, fingers crossed. And the men as well. Hopefully they get back into the World Cups and yeah. we can see more from them as well. Yeah, so that was our interview with Stair Callis. We really, really hope you enjoyed it. Other than that, you can follow us on social media, on Instagram and Twitter at how's that TCP or you can send us an email at how's that the cricket podcast at gmail.com but that is all from me this week and that's all from me guys how's that? you missed the bad.